Let's go into the word of God. Lord, I thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Oh, yes, it's a light unto my path. It's a sword for this battle that I'm in. How many are grateful for the word? Come on, let's go to the true story recorded in the days of Esther. Chapter 9, verse number 20. We are in the last sermon in the series, honoring the past to fuel the future. And the question is very simple. What is your vision? Esther 9, 20, if you're there, say, Lord, I love your word. And Mordecai recorded these things and sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the providences of King Ahasuerus, both near and far, obligating them to keep the 14th day of the month Adar and also the 15th day of the same year by year. Verse 22, as the days on which the Jews got relief from their enemies, and as the month that had been turned for, for them from sorrow into gladness, from mourning into a holiday, that they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another and gifts to the poor. I would like to preach a message entitled, What Are You Writing? Will you do me a favor? Would you look at someone and help me announce the title of this message? Would you look at them and ask them the question, what are you writing? Yeah, what are you writing? If you want to know the personal vision that God has for you, you need to write it down. Habakkuk said it like this, write the vision. Make it plain so that they that read it can run thereby. What's happening here in the text? We see that Mordecai, he's reminding the people of God to practice praise. He's reminding the people of God to celebrate the last month of the Hebrew calendar, Adar. It would be similar to our march. It's during that season that they would take two days. And in those two days, they would set those days aside for worship. They would set those days aside for prayer and praise. They would set those days aside to give gifts to each other and to give gifts to the poor. Why were they doing this? Because God turned their mourning into dancing. God turned what the enemy meant for evil and worked it out for their good. And I don't know if you know this, but I'm already up preaching. And I want us to just take a praise break for one second. Is there anybody out there that can say, God, you turned my mourning into dancing. God, you turn my pain into worship. Lord, I'm celebrating you. Lord, I'm going to glorify you because the enemy meant it for evil, but God worked it out for good. Look at somebody and say, he's working it out. He's working it out. I know it may not look like it, but he's working it out. He's working it out. The book of Esther is very interesting because it never uses the word God, but yet it uses the providence of God and the nature of God more than any other book. If you look in the book of Esther, it's interesting how God takes an orphan and makes her a queen. Takes her older relative and makes him a protector of the king. Very interesting how God prepares the unprepared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And why does he do that? 
And how does he do it? Let's look at verse 23. Esther 9, 23. So the Jews accepted that they had started to do and what Mordecai had written to them. Say, write it down. Write it down. For Haman the Agiot, the son of Hamath, the enemy of all the Jews had plotted against the Jews to destroy them and had cast lots, that is, had, had cast pearl, that is, cast lots, to crush and to destroy them. But, somebody say but. but. <laughs> when it came before the king, he gave orders in writing that his evil plan that he had devised against the Jews should return on his own head, and that he and his sons should be hanged on gallows. What do we see in the text? We see generational judgment. Generational judgment. Haman, he is an enemy of the people of God. Haman, he had a plot, he had a plan, and he was casting lots. It would be similar to the cultural equivalent of shooting dice. See, I'm from the east side, y'all, it's okay. Yeah, 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 of shooting dice, see? And what he was doing is he was casting lots to try to determine when he would destroy the Jews. And when he was casting lots, it went before the king, and what he wanted to do against the people of God, the king actually judged him, but not only him, judged his sons. It was generational judgment. I just want to pause here for a second if I may. You better watch who you talk about. You better watch who you act evil to. You better watch who you're plotting against because the Bible says, touch not my nor do my prophet no harm. I want you to encourage somebody. Help me preach today. Encourage them. Say, I'm not messing with you. I'm not messing with you. You're too anointed. I ain't messing with you. I'm going to speak. Come on now, help me preach. Look at somebody say, I'm not messing with you. You're too anointed. I won't talk about you. You're too anointed. I don't want generational judgment on my life. Help me somebody. Come on now, look at somebody and say, you're too anointed for me to talk against you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, this reminds me of another man named Judas who had a plotting plan. And Jesus, watch this, Jesus knew that he was a thief, so he made him a treasurer. And he gave him enough rope to hang himself. He knew what his intention was, but he let him, you better be careful. You need to ask God to deliver you from the thing you think you really want. And you need to say, God set me free. Don't answer all my prayers because if I got what I really think I wanted, I may get enough rope to stop. Hang myself. Watch out what you want. Young people, be careful. Be careful. Everything that the world gives you it's not what you think you want. Don't give your life over for a moment of pleasure, for a life of pain. Come on, I'm preaching now. Young people, be careful. Watch out what you look at on the internet. Watch out the video games you play. Watch out. Be careful the friends that you allow around you. Watch out. Watch out. Because sometimes you can allow a seed to be sown in your heart, and you can reap a harvest of hell and not even know it. So it is. We see Haman, an enemy of the Jews. Haman, an enemy of God's people. 
And the thing that he meant for evil, God worked it out for good. Joseph would have said it like this. Joseph would have said, you meant it for evil. But God turns it around for good. How many are grateful that our providential prince, he covers us? How many are thankful that our sovereign savior, he's covered us? How many are so grateful that you don't need to fight your own battle? You just need to keep worshiping. You just need to keep calling out to him. Watch this. You just need to keep breaking your alabaster box. Let Judas keep talking. Let Judas keep doing what he's doing. You just keep weeping and wiping and kissing his feet. If you just keep worshiping him, he'll stand up for you. He will fight your battle. You better just hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle because you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and high places. How many are thankful that God is fighting for you? He's fighting for you. He's fighting for you. Let us go back into the text, Esther, chapter 9. Let's look. At verse 26. Therefore they call these days Purim. After the term Purim. Imagine that. Every time they said Purim. They had a purpose to praise. Remember Purim. It means to cast lots. So every time they said Purim. They remembered. Every time they said. Are you celebrating Purim this year? <laughs> they remembered. Oh God set us free. God set us free. Uh, therefore, because of all that was written, somebody say, write it, down. write it down. In this letter, and of what they had faced in this matter, and of what had happened to them, verse 27, the Jews firmly obligated themselves and their offspring and all who joined them, that without fail they would keep those days according to what was written, and at the time appointed every year. It didn't happen every other year, it happened every year. It didn't happen every seven years. It happened every year. Is there something that we can look at in this text and walk away with? Point number one. Let's look at the first point. The point is this. You need to write down your deliverance. <laughs> you need to write down the way God set you free. You need to actually write down how he delivered you. Don't you remember? Don't you remember how God, he pulled you up out of the muck? How he pulled you up out of the miry clay. And maybe some of you, you're in the muck today. God wants to pull you up. He wants to put your feet on solid ground. I don't know what you feel stuck in today. He can break every yoke. He's a way maker. He's a yoke destroyer. He's a burden remover. I don't know who you may be in here today. Perhaps you struggled in here. But I want to tell you there's a healer. There's one that is able to do the impossible. What's happening here in the text is this. Mordecai is reminding them to write down their deliverance and practice praise. They had a scheduled time to celebrate and commemorate how God delivered them. Is there someone that we can look at and be able to say this was a good example of somebody that wrote something down? Is there someone that we can look at perhaps in recent past that we can be able to say, you know what, they wrote something down as well. Is there someone that we can look at perhaps in August 28th, 1963? Can you imagine over 250,000 people, young people, I need you to listen to me. They didn't need social media. And 250,000 people showed up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Because when you have a cause, it draws people. Is there somebody that we can look at through human history? Someone that we can look at and we can say, you know what? They wrote down their deliverance. Someone that reminded future generations. Someone that we can think of. I want you to picture Mahalia Jackson. Young people, if you don't know who she is, you need to know that name. If you don't know who she is, you need to know that name. Can you picture Mahalia Jackson saying, tell them about your dream, Martin. And I quote, I have a dream. I have a dream that's deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will sit down at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream today that even in the state of Mississippi, a state that's sweltering with the heat of injustice, a state that's sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream today. I have a dream that my four little children will live in a country where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that even down in Alabama with this vicious racist, down in Alabama with this governor's lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. Down in Alabama, that little black boys and little black girls will hold hands with little white boys and little white girls as brothers and sisters. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and every mountain will be made low. The rough places will be made plain. The crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all flesh will see it together. And this is our hope. And this is the faith that we go back with the South with. It's with this faith that we will hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith. We will transform the jangling discords of our nation into a symphony of brotherhood. It's with this faith that we will work together, pray together, struggle together, knowing that one day we will be free. And when this happens, all of God's children will sing with new meaning, my country, tis of thee. Sweet land of liberty of the I see. Land where my fathers died. Land of the pilgrim's pride from every mountainside. Let freedom ring. So let freedom ring. And if America is become a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. Let freedom ring from the perditious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom 
came from the curvaceous hilltops of California. Let freedom ring, but not only that. Let freedom ring from Stone Mountain in Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and every molehill in Mississippi. Let freedom ring from every saint and every hamlet. Let freedom ring from every city. And when we let freedom ring, and when we let freedom ring, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Protestant and Catholic, Jew and Gentile will be able to sing in the words of that old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last in court. Praise God. Write down your deliverance. Yeah. Dr. King spoke about a dream, but our people are living in a nightmare. Yes, yes, yes. 48227, they're living in this cold today. We have young people living in homes without heat. We have proclaimed about a dream, but how many know that there are several living in a nightmare? So what do we do, church? Write down your vision. Because God has put a great work in you. Write down that vision. He has given you his spirit. You need to write down that vision. He has given you his word. Write down the vision. He has given you his blood. You need to write down that vision because there are people in generations that are waiting on you. Let's go back to the book of Esther. Amen. Chapter 9. We love you for your word, Lord. Your word is so good. Amen. Let's look at verse 27. I'm sorry, verse 28. That these days should be remembered, Esther 9, 28. That these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation. Somebody say every generation. Every generation. In every clan, providence, and city, and that these days of Purim should never fall into disuse among the Jews. Nor should the commemoration of these days cease among their descendants. Everyone look at me. We do things in the church to remember. We break the bread, we drink the cup to remember. And what the text is teaching us, that God did not want his people to forget their deliverance. But it happened because Mordecai was writing it down. Point number two, if you want to know how to manifest your vision, point number two is this. What are you writing down for future generations? What are you writing down? What's the thing? What's the dream? What's the vision? What's the, what has God given you that you're actually writing down so future generations will never forget? What are you writing down? It reminds me of the prayer line that most of you came to this church through. <laughs> it reminds me of Pastor Bogle praying on a prayer line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you writing down so that your children's children won't forget about the power of prayer? It reminds me of Pastor Chris Brooks and the theological foundation and the apologetic foundation, the discipleship foundation that he laid in this church. It reminds me of Pastor Broadway. See, we're honoring the past, but why are we doing that? 
We're doing that so that you and I would be fueled to the future. How does God fuel, fuel us? He fuels us with a vision. That vision is something you need to write down your deliverance. And you also need to write down something so that future generations can look at your life and say, look what the Lord has done. How many have something to write down and say, God, I give you glory. I'm giving this to my children and my children's children. We see in the text, we see it happening generationally. We do baptism. And if you want to be baptized, we'll be doing baptism next month. Listen, we do baptism. Why do we do that? So that we can remember how we were buried in the water with them. Remember? Yeah, and how you're raised to the newness of life. We do it to remember. Why do we gather here today? We gather to remember that we are family, that we have one father. That we have been purchased by the blood of the Son. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you remember that testimony that nobody else knows about? I'm talking about that thing that nobody knows that God set you free from. That thing that nobody knows how he delivered you. I wish I had a witness in here. Somebody that can say, you know what, Pastor? If I told you, you might look at me different. If I really told you how he pulled me up. If I told you how he turned me around. If I told you how he put my feet on solid ground. I wish I had a witness in here. Somebody that would say, hey, you know what, Pastor? If you know like I know, you would praise him for me. You would give him glory for me. If you knew how he protected my mind, how he protected my marriage, how he protected my children. If you knew how he kept me when I didn't want to be kept. If you understand how he delivered me from things I didn't even know I needed to be delivered from. I wish I had a witness in here that could practice praise and say, God, when I think about your Lord, how you changed me, how you turned me around. I don't care who's on your road. You need to get up and give him glory and say, I remember. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. 
what's happening. Verse 29, then Queen Esther, the daughter of Abihel, and Mordecai the Jew gave full written authority confirming this second letter about Purim. Letters were sent to all the Jews, to the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus, in the words of peace and truth. That these days of Purim should be observed at their appointed seasons as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther obligated them, and as they had obligated themselves and their offspring. With regard to their fast, watch this, fast and their lamenting, the command of Queen Esther confirmed these practices of Purim, and it was recorded in writing. Somebody say, write it down. Let me ask this. Are you willing to pay the price for what God has spoken to you? A lot of people want to write it, write it down, but they don't want to pay the price. I'm from the east side of Detroit, y'all. Please forgive me. They used to tell me it costs to be the boss. Uh, you have to be willing to pray all night. <laughs> oh, I wish I had some help in here. See, Esther, she said, if I perish, I perish. Was there another man in human history that we can look at on this weekend? Somebody that was willing to perish during a time when... Sanitation workers were not being treated fairly. What would the Christian leadership summit, what would they do? What would that conference do? What would happen at Charles H. Mason's temple with over 1,500 people there? Do we have anybody in human history that we can look at today and say they were willing to pay the price for what they believe? And I quote, now about injunction. We have an injunction and we're going to court tomorrow morning to fight this illegal, unconstitutional injunction. All we say to America is to be true to what you said on paper. If I lived in China or even Russia, maybe I can understand these illegal injunctions. Maybe I can understand the denial of certain First Amendment rights because they haven't given themselves to that over there. But somewhere I've read of the freedom to assemble. Somewhere I've read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I've read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I've read uh, that the greatness of America is the right to protest for right. Yeah. So just like we will not allow the dogs and the hoses to turn us around, we will not allow some illegal injunction to turn us around. Well, I don't know what will happen to me now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter to me now because I've been to the mountaintop. And I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. 
And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And he's allowed me to look over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But we as a people, we will get to the promised land. Uh, so I have no fear tonight. I'm not fearing anyone. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord in court. He was willing to pay the price. The next day he was shot, young people. Dr. Martin Luther King was a prophet and a patriot. Young people, will you be the next prophet and patriot? He was the one who was able to cause legislation to dictate behavior. Young people, where's the next Dr. Martin Luther King? The next person that would say, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. Parents, will you dream again? What's your vision? What's your vision? What's your vision? What's the thing that God is speaking to you? The thing that he wants to use for you to shift the culture. Everybody, please stand. Glory to God. With every head bow and all the eyes closed, nobody looking but me. I want to pray. I want to pray if you don't know Jesus, I want to pray that you would know him today. Come on, every head bow, every eye closed. Jesus, Jesus. I pray for those right now who don't know you. Father, I pray for those that have come today, God, but yet they don't know who you are. So we're asking, Holy Spirit, would you open the eyes so that the glorious gospel would shine in the light of Jesus Christ? Lord, we ask right now that you would do what only you can do by your might and power. Save the human heart. Save the human soul. I would like to pray a prayer. And if you would say, you know what? I don't know who Jesus is. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. There's not, it's not about the prayer per se. It's about the person you're praying it to. But we don't want you to just pray it alone, so we're going to pray it with you. Come on, everybody. Let's pray together. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Lord, save me. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Save me, Lord, because I can't save myself. Deliver me, Lord. By the, of your blood. by the power of your blood in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Amen. amen amen every head bow every head bow every head bow every eye close every eye close nobody looking but me